Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian. I'm hoping that I'm doing this right. It's been such a long time since we've recorded, and I can hear myself twice. So that already means it's going poorly. All right. So, uh, Frank down in Austin, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, <clears throat> I actually thought we should probably open this with like, welcome to hard. I don't know what you said. I don't know what you said because that your your shit went garbled in the middle of it. But I'm sure whatever uh, it was was disparaging to our frequency of posting. No, I was saying we should probably have opened this podcast by going, "Welcome to hardcore beer talk." Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Dan we Carlin were, post more often yeah. than we do nowadays. We are gonna break down the history. Pale ale. Over the next thirty-six <laughs> hours, you'll learn all there is to oh know. Dude, he he released his one episode for the year, um, not too long ago, maybe about what, what six weeks ago, I think. And this one was on American slavery. Yay! And <clears throat> oh my God! Just in time it, for Thanksgiving. Let's. <laughs> well, so, so let me let me quickly just I want to I want to open up. Give me just a second. Uh, I, th- I think it was like six weeks ago. Might have might have been even sooner. Um, you know, yeah. Let me just look. I mean, we don't have to give exact dates. He, he called his... it. He, yeah, but he called it. <laughs> this the reason I bring it up. Oh no, it was way long ago. It was in March. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know how calendar? <laughs> I think work? I just I think I just noticed it six weeks ago because when he posts it, it like pops up for a day, and then all the other podcasts like run it right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man. I wonder if he's posted this year and then I go and find it. Right. So the, the title of this one just really got me. It said blitz human resources, oh the Atlantic God. slave trade. <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't know. It's pseudo disparaging. Also like very efficiently naming a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, you gotta, you I gotta, gotta look at the rest of the title before you fucking name it. Blitz. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the human uh, the human resources part was just like, Ooh, okay. Um, any case, it's a it's a four hour band, a really good podcast. I mean, as as all of his are. Then he goes, yeah, and I just want everybody to know about the hardcore history. Like, I guess he does like these short story version ones where it's like a lighter dive into some of these topics, and they are only like two hours. Oh, only. So that's good. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess in honor of that, you know, no well, left behind is finally posting it. But we we've had good reason not to. Willem had his kid. Yep. Um, we've had several trips. Brian went to Disney, as you all well know. That was the we topic a, of the last conversation. Yeah, I was gonna say we've we've casted since a lot of these mile mark milestones, but like shit happens, y'all. Like life. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah and it, it's you know, we're into Christmas now, and you know, like that all comes with a bunch of shit and decorating and. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's been busy, but we'll catch back up it's, eventually. It's not a big deal. Um, with all that being said, uh, doing fantastic. The 
little i don't know if you guys are having the same thing but like our second summer down here is quite nice uh yeah you can kiss my ass uh it has caused a fog to settle over denton and the greater wow. lake Louisville area and it is we we're supposed to go out and look at christmas lights tonight do a little drive around have some fun couldn't see Can't shit. See anything could not see a goddamn thing yeah so this wicked weather has you know while yeah it's been cool you know uh, uh, warm, I guess it was like 77 today. It was a good, yeah. good, uh, balmy 77 with no fucking wind and like 80% humidity. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it is wreaking havoc on my sinuses. Uh, so I hate that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, the, the weather is, <sighs> it's kicking my ass, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I think the thing that I, hate most about it is that it um it germinates the weeds early so oh, yeah you you get this like second round of yard work that sucks but and if you don't hit it right now the spring is oh, a goddamn nightmare yeah. yeah so outside of that it's been good though and um you know it's christmas christmas is fantastic season so no, oh, no yeah. complaints on that what uh um, what are you drinking this evening if you are drinking anything this evening I am having a McConaughey's IPA. Okay, McConaughey's IPA. Yeah. Love that. Just going with the consistent. Just you, going with the, the consistent IPA. I did have a. You are, are you um, disassembling your microphone right now? Can you hear it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, no, I I accidentally popped one of the cords. I don't know what are these called. The little stop. Uh, stop definitely stop touching it. Definitely stop touching it. Okay, I yeah. had to pop it back on, so okay. I apologize. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, we. Uh, what was I going to say? You're going. Oh, old, yeah, I, yeah. I had a. Um, what was it the other day? That I wanted to bring up. I'll, I'll think of it. I had a really good beer that I wanted to bring to the cast that I just now cannot remember the name of. I got to go look at what the, what's on the taps at Los Olivos. But well, you went to San Diego recently. Oh, yes, that too. So uh, this past weekend, we went to, what's the name of that brewery, Brian? Wait, Pure or Project. Mike Hess? Pure, Pure, Pure Project. Project. Yeah. How, what did you think of it? Okay. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really good beer. Uh, really nice brew house experience. I, I would prefer that they had better food. Mm-hmm. Because they just get food from like a pizza truck across the street, which I don't know. I'm kind of getting burned out on the whole Neapolitan pizza thing because it's easy and it's no reason for it to cost twenty dollars. Um, so the the beer was good. We didn't have any of the food. the The beers that we had, though, I had a a hazy that was quite delicious. Uh, my wife had a double barrel aged stout that was very good. Um, they had a couple of other things that I just had little tasters of. Uh, they have a good uh, amber. Really, honestly, everything that I tasted was great. We spoke to some locals. Everybody said that's the best one. Um, so, yeah, good on them. That was very good beer. We also went to... <clears throat> Y'all went to Mike, Mick, Mike Hess, right? Mike Hess. Yeah. I was going to say Mick Haas. <laughs> I don't it's know a why. little different. Uh, yeah, we went to Mike Hess and uh, scenery way better than than Pier Project. Pier Project is kind of like in inland mm-hmm. and up by the zoo. 
Um, the Hess place is right on the shore, right on the ocean. Um, <clears throat> beer wise, I don't know. They, they were very similar. It, it, Peer Project is better beer, mm. but Hess is not bad beer. Yeah. Right. Like, I'd, I'd probably say, like, Peer Project is like at that pint house level where just pr- probably just about everything they make is good. Yeah. Um, the Hess place, I could probably, you could probably throw it down with like, I don't know, just a good tap room down the street from you. You know, like, they're going to have really good beers, <clears throat> and then some of the styles are just going to miss. And, that's probably where I would put them. Like I, I, I didn't have enough beer at either spot to make like a definitive. This one's way better, but I think consistency-wise, the Pure Project tasters that I had was just more. I don't know, in line with what I would have expected from from a the, San the Diego styles. brewery. Yeah, and <clears throat> can we talk about San Diego for a second? Go ahead. Okay, I don't, I don't often go in on cities. Um, I, I will unless make it's fun San Antonio, unless it's San Antonio, unless it's San Antonio, uh, we will collectively go in on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the most overrated city in Texas that uh, <clears throat> I would venture. And, and I don't say this lightly, San Diego might be the most disappointing city I've ever visited. Yikes. Hold on. Oh yeah. It's, I don't know if that was appropriate, but it works. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to describe it because it could be so much more, but it's not right. Like, so you arrive in San Diego, the airport's nice and small where you're like, okay, this is really efficient. Now, you know, I, I get my bags, I go get to the hotel. You're like, honestly, from leaving the plane to getting to your hotel, if you're in downtown San Diego, no more than 30 minutes. Like it's, it's super efficient, really nice. Especially if you arrive early in the morning, like there's nobody on the road. Um, really cool but then you get there and you're like every everything is just like it's it's a level of expensive cheap that is frustrating you know because it's like yeah this isn't cheap but it's also not the most expensive but it's definitely more expensive than it should be for what it is does that make sense yeah and and it's so frustrating because Everything in San Diego is like that. So, or everything we did, right? The zoo, $65 to get in. That was the only thing I felt was worth it. Yeah. The rest of it, I was like, we went to a couple restaurants and it's just, okay. I mean, this is fine. We went to a Mexican restaurant. It's got a 4.8 on, you know, Google reviews, which normally is like, okay, you got a couple hundred reviews, 4.8. That's pretty good. I don't know. Maybe Southern California Mexican is just for different people, but I have had better Mexican food five steps away from my fucking house. Yeah. Um, so it's just everything is hyped. Everything is like not cheap. And I, I, granted, I don't expect it to be cheap. It's California, but it's just. Like I said, it's that perfect level of expensive cheap. You're like, that's just fucking, you're just fucking people. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you like where you wouldn't normally think about a value in like what you're spending your money on. You're like, this isn't good enough for this price tag. Like, God damn it. Exactly. There's a, there's some places in Dallas that are like that where you're like, it's either overhyped shit or, 
Um, maybe it's just, you know, where it's located. They're charging astronomical amounts of money for something that is just meh. Because you can go you can go to a fucking food truck, you know, in, you know, a, a, a neighborhood and find way better food, better quality food and way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one perfect example of that is like, and I, I didn't, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to shit on the place because I know San Diego will probably be way different 10 years from now than it is now. Like it's in that transformation phase. Yeah. But for what it is right now, it's an overhyped city that's got this like naval presence that, you know, is kind of winding down. Um, the base there has gotten significantly smaller than to be, even though the seals still train out like off the coast and whatnot. Um, it used to be the entire Coronado Island, and now it's just like the northern end of it, yep. right? Um, and, I mean, if you want to talk about a place that's just the whitest fucking enclave of human beings you've ever seen, go to Coronado Island. Yeah. It's odd. It's downright odd. Like, the Rite Aid still smells like it's out of 1945. Uh, it's they've got this grocery store where I don't know if this is just a San Diego thing, but they sell their formula behind the counter with the cigarettes. And then they don't really even have a formula selection. It's like three different things. So it's not just there. The Rite Aid doesn't carry formula because why would they, I guess? Um, the The grocery store has it behind the counter by the cigarettes. The Walgreens has it. But it's again by the by the magazine, like behind the person uh, the checking you out. Yeah. It's not they don't have cigarettes, so it's like a cash register. Um so it's just it's the oddest place. Coronado Island is overpriced, it's shitty. And it, it, people are like, oh my god, you go there, it's perfectly manicured. No, it's not. There's a fucking shack with solar on it. So selling on the market for $1.25 million. That's wild. Because why? I don't know. It's just fucking weird. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, here's the deal. San Diego does mean a whale's vagina. We know this to be true. Um, <laughs> so so the, first, the first thing I thought about when I landed was, good morning, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Did you say that in the airport like an asshole? Sure. I did not, but I texted it to the thread. I don't know if you guys saw the oh. slight spelling difference on Diego, but I did. I laughed so hard. I was like, San Diego. I was <laughs> laughing at the fact that you texted us and you were like, flying out to San Diego this morning to go to the zoo. And everybody in the thread was like, what the fuck is Frank doing just chartering a private jet to San Diego for a day trip? What the hell's happening? <laughs> That Which I mean, more power to you. You know, use the NBLB credit card, man. That's that's for business expenses. That's true. Yeah. How else would we know that peer project is worth it? We didn't yeah. attend. Impulses. We're reporting for the people. That's true. Um, speaking of, I said this is hardcore beer. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I wish I could do a better Dan Carlin voice. I really do. In my head, I hear it perfect, and I'm like, yeah. And yeah. then as soon as I open my fucking trap, I'm like, oh, nope, that's not it. That's not. That's not. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. I'll give it a whirl. I've got a I've got a raspy sick throat. Ready? Welcome to hardcore beer. Well, I mean for the announcer, yeah, that that's cool. That's perfect. But that's not Dan Carlin. Oh, yeah. No, not not his actual voice. No. Sure. No. His actual voice is like It's like a fucking it's a mix he's of a lot. 
Nah, I think it's a mix of like nasality, but with like uh, condescension mixed you know. with. <laughs> I wonder if Spartacus was real, and if he was, would he have liked Pure Project Brewing? I like. I don't know. So speaking of, yes, he has a very specific delivery. It's pretty great. Um, speaking of beers that I'm drinking, thanks. Uh, I am drinking uh, Black Ops from okay. Brooklyn Brewery. How is that? I fucking love Black Ops. Every year when they release it around this time, I try to get my hands on it. Some years, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't seek as hard as others. This year, I did. I, I sought it. I sought after it. You sucked it up. I sucked it up uh, mainly because this year, uh, Black Ops is a barrel aged stout. That was aged in Four Roses small batch bourbon barrels, Ooh. and let me just tell you, it is fucking delightful. Was it like an anniversary thing for them? I don't know. I don't know. It's in also in sixteen ounce cans, which last time I had Black house. Ops, it was uh, in twelve ounce bottle, like a four pack twelve ounce bottle situation. So, and how much are they uh, charging for the four pack? I want to say like fourteen ninety nine, something like that. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, uh, so it, it is. Fucking amazing. It is really goddamn good. I'll have to grab so Are they all sold out? Uh, they weren't up here, but, you know, this shit happens. So, oh. quick question about the Brooklyn Lager. Okay. Why is it bitter? Uh, my guess is that they use American hops. I don't know. Okay. I honestly haven't had Brooklyn Lager in such a long time. No, because one of my friends just brought that up. He was like, yeah, it's kind of bitter like Brooklyn Lager. And I was like, you're right. Brooklyn Lager is bitter. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly have not had it in a long time. I had somebody mention that. Uh, we were talking about, I was talking about local Vienna lagers. And I brought up Lakewood Lager because it used to be one that we go to when studying for Cicerone exams. Mm-hmm. We would suggest uh, Lakewood Lager as a good Vienna Lager, and somebody brought up that it was really bitter, and I was like, you know, I thought the same thing, but like as I've consumed it more and more, it's not like I'm I'm able to pick up way more of the malty notes, which is why that's a good style, you know, a good example of Vienna Lager, and I'm wondering if something, yeah, I mean they they advertise it as a hoppy amber lager. So I'm assuming they're probably using more American uh, American hops rather than like traditional European or German hops, um, which aren't traditionally bitter. You know, the, the European continental hops are not not bitter at all. They have really really low alpha acids, um, whereas American hops are fucking insane. Um, so I'm guessing that's probably what they're doing, and that's why it tastes that way. There's also Remember in lagers, uh, even in an amber, you know, quote unquote amber lager like Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of malt to that beer. It's still pretty light uh, in malt flavor and impact. It's four five point two percent alcohol by volume. So the color, the the malt that's there is to color the beer. So got it. I don't know. And it's also one of those that like lagers in general, if you get them and you can taste the, you, you have a pronounced bitterness and you have a pronounced hoppiness, you're probably drinking that beer really fresh. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that you kind of look out for, uh, and take into consideration They're, I mean, to each their own, obvi, but, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. This was, it was just, 
something that he brought up that I was like, you are actually right. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Um, Okay. Yeah, cool. I, uh, yeah, I just happened to think about it and, you know, oh, well, bring it up. So, um, should we dive into a little World Cup discussion here? I think we have to, right? We talked about it so much leading up to this World Cup. We talked about soccer in general. All right, so where do we start? I mean, I think uh, what we, is... Ooh, what, we'll just real quick go over the three predictions we had in our thread. Sure, let's go. Uh, tr- that boy Troy predicted France to win the World Cup, to win it all. Sure. Um, I filled that an entire-ass bracket um, to display my... I showed my work, you know, yep. math class. I showed my work, how I got to my champion, who I predicted would be Brazil. Yeah, um, Frank, I still think they're going to win. Frank, who's who is your prediction? Uh, I just said I think Spain would show out, mm. mm-hmm. um, and then I think I I did predict Belgium would disappoint significantly. Well, I mean, because anybody with eyes and has watched soccer, they're just they're just too old. Yeah. Um, I th- I know I said that. Um, I think that was maybe it. I I see I thought I thought it was you 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 had Spain. I just said I thought Spain would do well. Spain oh, oh. by all accounts should have done way fucking better than they ended up doing. Yes. But, um did that did that that hurt your butt a little bit yesterday when yeah, they got knocked? <clears throat> I'm I am a, a Spain fan. Um they're probably my favorite soccer team on the national team stage. Uh <clears throat> you know there, yeah, there's a lot of things that one could find fault in with Spain. I think the most obvious problem is a problem that we've had for a long time, and it was solved for a bit when Mata was on the team and David Villa was on the team, but it's back, and it's the fact that, you know, Spain plays with good center backs and a bunch of midfielders. Yeah. And then they hope they hope they can score. And unfortunately, you know, you really need. There's a couple things you need. You need some version of a finisher, and they have young strikers, right? Ferran Torres. They've got Morata. They've got, to some extent, Danny Olmo. Even though the dude's a fucking disaster, um, they have some level of you know finishing skill, but it's not consistent. It's not something you can go win a World Cup with. And then you've got these super young wing wing backs that's just like, you know, <clears throat> you're the, this World Cup is always going to be like lightning in a bottle for Spain. Yeah. But you you could see the talent out there, and you can see that they clearly have it. Uh, what I want to see is, is in two years when the Euros are, are on again in 2024, have they figured out have the have the wings gotten better at playing right so right now what the spanish wingers do is a hell of a lot of pointless dribbling and crosses to nowhere yeah right and at some point that's going to have to improve and it, it obviously at their age they're 17 and 19 like you can't expect that to be perfect yet but that's gonna gonna have to improve and then you know, your players like Morata, like Torres, you know, like Asensio to an extent, they need to be much more aware of how important their feigning of runs are to keeping center backs honest. 
Yeah. Because what ended up happening against Germany and to a further extent Morocco is they could cheat and they could, you know, they could start crowding the, the midfielders, making it very difficult for the ball retention, you know, <clears throat> making passes that would normally be like a one touch pass through to, you know, set up something. It would be a, a one touch back because, you know, they didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. So, it's just spatial awareness needs to increase. I also think Fate, playing runs need to be better. It's just there's a lot of like very tactical things that after Costa Rica just went to shit. Playing national games as a team <laughs> will also help, especially for those young guys. For because sure. that's one of the things that I saw with the US national team is like early on when they were playing <laughs> when they were playing just fucking grudge matches against Mexico last summer <laughs> for like, they literally played Mexico three times in a span of eight months. Like yep. doesn't happen normally. Uh, you could see them get progressively better each time they played. And it was stuff like that. It was people feigning runs and like curving runs. So they stayed mm-hmm. on side if they got a good breakaway. And then also like decent crosses were, were great. They were fantastic when they were playing, you know, in 2021 this year, the World Cup, the U.S. team apparently forgot that once the ball goes outside, that people can run inside and uh, wait for a pass because there were just balls zipping over, like fucking and, just going I mean, right in front of goalies' faces with no one there on the backside. I think I think that's one of one of the just criminal things that Polisic is to blame for is. It's it's him and whoever plays that right wing position. I think it's him, McKinney. It's Waya. Was oh, it's Waya. Most okay. of the most of the tournament. So so you okay? So as an attacker, you have a responsibility to be damn near level with the ball, right? right? And and onside, obviously, onside's important. The number of times that you would see folks jogging. To be in the box, yeah, you know, as a, 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 their whatever counterpart, whether it be the wing or a midfielder is making a run, it's just it's insulting. Yeah, and and Pulisic was he was a, a serial offender. Wea was a serial offender. Yes, they did have some really good chances. Um, you know, he scored a goal and whatnot. That's great. Uh, there could have been so many more very good opportunities had they done their job consistently. Um, and Spain suffered from the same thing. I, I don't think people understand, unless you have a true number nine or, you know, a guy like Mbappe who can sp- outsprint anybody, yeah, you are reliant upon, you know, creating chances. And creating those chances normally involves someone being at the receiving end of a pass in front of the goal. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, right. it's it, takes not, a, it takes a lot of discipline, which I feel like does uh, not, yeah. is not uh, uh, appreciated and like uh, glorified, not glorified. Appreciated is the right word. At the, at not everybody has a Richarlison or a Mbappe or a Neymar. Well, what, I, know, what like, I'm getting at is like at the club level, it's, uh, it's easy to get what would be considered like a trash goal. If you're not in the yeah. exact right position when you're playing, you know, national teams like the best of the best in countries, like you can't fuck around and and just kind of sloppily slide into position at a jog. And what killed yeah. me, Frank, was that it, it, with the U.S. team, watching them move up the field was great. 
because they were doing they were had some slick passes. They weren't trying to do too oh, much in dribble. Rapid. It, it was rapid. Great. It was like yeah. it was like European club ball watching watching them move the ball down down the pitch. But then once they got like fucking just outside the penalty box, they would be like, "All right, I crack their neck," and they would go into fucking Marshawn Lynch mode and just dribble right at the fucking defenders inside the box. And just like go go on goal. And not like not with a shot, but with really haphazard ass dribbles. And you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's a style that is uniquely American, I feel like, in the the way they're like, we're gonna get close. Fuck it, we're gonna go head to head with them. We're gonna take them on. We're gonna dribble past them. We're gonna score the Oh, no. No, we're not, because these people are fucking professionals in their sport. But and like you know, they like, just pick them clean, and the ball's going the other way. And now we have and, six people who are up the field who are now out of position as fuck. That's what I was just gonna say. Is I think the the thing that the U.S. did very well that they ended up, you know, not doing as well against the Netherlands is they, <clears throat> you know, against pretty much everybody in the group. I'm not sure why England couldn't expose them for this, because I, I think the majority of my mind was like, why the fuck is Phil Foden not in this game right now? Right. Um, Phil Foden would have destroyed the U.S. if he came into that game, because Serginho Dest was criminally far upfield. Yeah, he was out of position at 80% of that 90% game. 90% of the game. Yeah. It was bad. Um, and the way the U.S. played it was they brought, you know, the wing on that side, which I think was McKinney, and then uh, uh, the wing back, which was Dest, they were playing off each other. Yeah. But you can do that up into a point, and normally that point is the, is the top of the box. Mm-hmm. Dest would go to the end line. Yeah, he was. they were swapping, which is what like Aspilicueta and Reese James do for Chelsea. Difference is both of them are fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. And have zero quit. Like they can go ninety minutes playing that way. Serginho Dest didn't play ninety minutes the entire fucking tournament. He barely he cleared sixty-five minutes majority of the games, which is and not great. No, and it's it's also not his playing style, right? Like, yeah, he's already a weak defender yeah. already, and now you're sending him to do this like one-two. Which cool dance. if he can if he can attack. And make up for that lack of defense that he's about to provide. But he can't. But he can't because we have nobody in the fucking box because everybody's just standing around looking. Like, you got this? But also, also, if your strategy against the Netherlands is we're going to outhead them. <laughs> Good fucking luck. Everyone is like six inches taller than every every That's, position. That, that was that was the thing. Like, so yeah, they're gonna re-sign Bert Bert Halter and whatever. I I I think he gets far too much credit for a competent display right and not enough criticism for just ridiculously terrible tactics you cannot tell me that playing a team like the netherlands like england your best bet is crosses into the box not you, you cannot convince me of it. no because you have fucking everybody in the in the like every center back for england outsizes our fucking our, our attacking yeah. four by at least three inches. And that's just so, that's that's just straight. That's not athleticism, which every one of them is also way more athletic than our fucking front four. So so that's the part where and and I, I can see why Canada got 
you know, first qualifier out of this region because the style that they play will beat teams like the U.S., like Mexico, you know. Fuck it. They could have, on a good day, you know, they could pretty much beat anybody. Um, Yes, there's some components of it that a team that young and, you know, certain players who aren't as skilled as they should be to be on, you know, playing that system. Yeah. Um, There are parts of that system that can be exploited, but the thing that cannot be exploited is the speed that they built that team around, um, how honest they stayed now, obviously against Switzerland, it was not the case, but if you look at the first three, the first two Canadian games and the last one they played, um, they they had this ability to, you know, keep their formation and keep width in the formation where the U.S. had constantly collapsed on themselves. Yeah. Right. Like people were in places they shouldn't be, especially in the box. Like- in the box, it, it was the worst. So it, it, when, when you're when you're playing that close to goal and you've got an attacker coming in, unless you are, you know, <clears throat> essentially a striker, you don't need to be in the box. No. And you being there actually makes it easier to defend what you're what you're doing here, right? The number of times, <laughs> I mean, just go look at the games. Go watch the tape. The number of times the U.S. had six, seven folks standing around making you know an attack essentially worthless it's just it's stuff like that you're like okay i can understand it happening once or twice but at some point the coach is the coach yeah and you have to you know exact some discipline in the fucking play the style of play that's happening yeah and we're on corners sure but there's a reason where if you don't win a header off a corner you hit it out i hit yeah i was gonna say you clear it get the fuck get it out of play (laughs) you're not going to go through 11 folks to score a goal. No. Right? Like, so that's the part about it that was very frustrating to watch. It's just the U S would get so close, um, you know, to goal. And then in essence, just fold in, you know, the formation just folded. Yep. Um, and then the counterattack was pretty easy. That's quite frankly, England, if they're playing, um, well, while, when they're playing on Saturday, uh, if Phil Foden isn't on that pitch, I would, I don't know, pitchforks in the streets is what I would be. Here's what I say about Phil Foden. Second worst haircut in English Premier League soccer. Okay. Second <laughs> Who's got worst. the worst? Ross, Ru, Russ Barkley. Fucking the oh. absolute worst. It's the same haircut. It's just. But you don't on. like, I mean, Richarlison has had some of those uh, Brazilian haircuts that are yeah, fucking questionable. Are yeah, I was going to say, I think he even get it, did a throwback to like 2002 Ronaldo, where he just had that tuft of hair the right in the middle tuft, of his forehead. He did. Yeah, he did. So bad. <laughs> so wait, one so second. bad. Okay. okay, before we go too far into the Phil Foden talk, just because you brought that up, there's a video of this dad. He's from Mexico, and the whole thing's in Spanish, but it translates to what, what the video says is, my son said he wanted the Ronaldo. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> gives him the little oh, tough kids in tears. Not that Ronaldo. You're like, oh, sorry. You fucking... <laughs> Uh, you know what? A picture of the real Ronaldo. Uh, FIFA, <laughs> FIFA 2023 
made a joke about that. I don't know if you've seen the commercial for the new game or the, uh-huh. the game, the newest game. They are like, there's two scientists working in a lab and they're recreating the best soccer players in the, you know, of all time. And like, they're throwing out Messi and Neymar. And then they're like, Oh, let's get Mbappe. And then we're like Ronaldo and it pops up Ronaldo, uh, whatever yeah. the fuck. And the one scientist looks at the other and he's like, not that Ronaldo. He's like got tears in his eyes. And I'm like, oh, it's great. They fucking get it. Like I like yeah. I like commercials that that allow the nerds into the fucking writers' room, and they're like, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna add this little gym in here. That's fantastic. Yeah, that is so good. Oh, and can we? Okay, we, we need to get to Foden in just a second, but can we talk about the young Portuguese kid? Scored the hat trick yesterday. Oh, I didn't even see that, man. I so oh. yeah, I I was I was out of uh, sublime, dude. This kid is he's only played thirty minutes of international soccer. Started the game, scored a hat trick. Holy shit! <clears throat> yeah, stupidly good. Okay, let's get the Phil Foden. I I don't like Phil Foden. I also don't like the fact that he plays for Man City. That fucking bums me out. Um, Hold on, you don't haircut. like him, but you can respect how good he is. Yeah, but I mean. Eh. And you, you can you can you can respect the fact that he would have completely changed the game versus the U.S. I th- that U.S. that U.S. England game was weird as shit in general. I felt like it was a weird ass sparring match between two people who didn't want to actually throw punches. Like, but that's my point. Like, I, 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 but I, what, what I'm getting at is, I don't think if anybody else had been in there, it would have made a damn bit of difference because there were some moves being made by both teams. That were very much like whoa 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 we're not gonna hit the bra- we're not gonna hit the gas right now we're not hitting the gas we're not doing that yeah. and it was just weird I don't think one player added would have made a huge difference a difference like he yeah he would have definitely pushed the U S players out of out of position just by the way he plays but like then again Raheem Sterling didn't do shit in that game no but he was he he, he was I, I and I don't understand okay so this is where the coach comes in again yeah. If you see the wingback push, push as far up as Dest, right? Yeah. You don't need two players to defend that far upfield. So Raheem Sterling's out there hanging around just pretty fucking, much alone. Yeah. And you've got to tell your midfielders, as soon as you get this ball, pivot and go. Just, just throw it. Just, it. Just kick the shit yeah. out of it. And he'll catch it somewhere. It field so he can catch up to it. I, I could not believe how slow England was on the counter, knowing that both sides of the American attack, the wings were pushing all the way to the line at some points. Like it just, it made no sense. I, I don't know, you know, what they're going to do versus France because France is not going to do that. Fuck no, they're not. <laughs> but Kyle Walker is going to be pulled up by Mbappe every single time downfield. And going to be frustrated beyond fucking 100%. words because Kyle Walker is not that fucking good. And it and he's not that smart. No, he's not. He will get baited into getting real pissed off and catching all kinds of fucking cards. Uh, he, he will get cards if he, if he, yeah, that, that's, that is the one thing. And honestly, like I hate France. I don't enjoy Mbappe. I think he is a little crybaby bitch. Um, he's a very good soccer player, but uh, yeah, I there go go read just if 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 you would like, go read his trip through the French academies and how much just 
nagging and complaining his parents did on his behalf for him to get playing time, how mean they were to other parents and other kids. The dude's been coddled his whole life. He is a very good soccer player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't like that. I I, I, I have a problem with it. I think he's a trash human being, but outside I, of that, I have a problem a with player. most Liga Un players. Like I feel like their majority <laughs> of them are trash and to get coddled because there's what fucking one good team in the French yeah. French club league. So like yeah. what are we even doing here? But I will say this. His shots that he's pulled off, like his goals that he's pulled off no, in this World Cup have been fucking eye opening because I don't watch Liga Un. I don't watch it yeah. because like the only reason I would watch it is to watch Messi play. And honestly, after watching one or two games, you're like, okay, well, fucking PSG's going to win. It's just by how many goddamn goals. This isn't yeah. really fun. Uh but watching him watching Mbappe score, I was like, oh shit, Troy might be onto something. However, the star of the fucking World Cup so far for France has been Olivier Giroud, Chelsea's former fucking striker. Goddamn, best haircut in, in soccer. So we went from Phil Foden, worst haircut, to Olivier Giroud, best haircut in soccer. Um, that's what I do now. I grade, I grade hairdos. That's what you don't I do. like the Muller elf look? No. No, I, do, I don't. I don't at all. I don't think it's a great look. I don't think the Kai Havertz, let's get matching haircuts with Mason okay. Mount and yeah, look like fuck fucking... Dude, they look like straight-up concentration camp like I, survivors. I say, Havertz like, looked like he just stepped out of... like. Dachau. I was gonna say Dracula. I wasn't gonna say, but yeah, it creepy was, as hell. It was bad. Nuts. First off, Havertz eat a hamburger, my guy, dude. You are like he was looking crazy skinny again. Huge, huge mistake by by uh, what's it, Fickle, Hansi Fickle, not starting him. But you know um, what? I I get it. I understand why he didn't do it. Yep. But at this at this point, okay. So this is this is a point I was gonna try to make earlier, and I just forgot. World soccer is in a, it's a switchover. This World Cup is a switchover. Spain was smart knowing they didn't have the talent to beat Brazil or France. Yeah. They brought the young kids. Yep. Get them that experience. was a very smart thing to do. U.S. did the same thing. The Netherlands did not. They're going to pay for that the next World Cup. Okay. Frankie de Jong is the youngest player there. He's 23. Um, everybody else is old, and then they've got. The, sorry, he's not the youngest. That uh, um, uh, striker there is, is, is the uh, Gepko, but everybody else is pretty much in their thirties. Um, you know, Croatia, same thing. Um, I don't think Croatia had a whole lot of choice. I feel like they put no, they don't. They, they've got a smaller team to select from. Uh, Germany, huge mistake. Yeah, huge mistake. You don't need to bring Muller back. You don't need to bring newer. You know, bring young kids. You are not good enough to win the World Cup. Why are you bringing Thomas Muller for his his like, you know, farewell ceremony? It's like an Elton John tour. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't make sense. So, well, I think there were there are some folks here, um, in charge of these you know federations that are going to look back and see a very very big missed opportunity. Because yes, while this World Cup has been exciting, it's been exciting because. Um, there, there's really been two reasons. Either there's parity because the teams are young, yeah, or the old teams are so fucking bad that they're losing to young people. And it's right? it's wild to see it happen. I will say this: I think that this is like this World Cup is the emergence of a style of play 
versus mm-hmm. just formation and, ta- and raw talent. Because like better best example, watch Japan play anybody this mm-hmm. World Cup. It, it's literally like I think you were joking when you said it. It's like they're doing meth in in the locker room at halftime. But really, what it is is like like old school like uh, Bushido and Pride like fighting championship fans will know. Like there is a and like anybody who's like watched like Thai boxing, like there is a uh, pace that uh, like Japanese in particular martial arts takes, and obviously uh, like Thai martial arts take, mm-hmm. which is a build up. They build, 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 and you'll see it in like Thai boxing. There'll be somebody literally playing a drum at a slow beat in the first round until yeah. like second, third rounds when the pace picks up and it gets it's fucking frantic at that point. Uh, Japanese uh, MMA does the same thing where they build. There's and it's not not for the same reasons because <clears throat> Thai boxing builds so that they can get bets in for the first round and then the second, third round are where the actual action happens. So first round's really betting. Anyway, uh, Pride and uh, Japanese MMA in general, uh, they do pacing. So they do like a ten minute first round and then two five minute second and third rounds, uh, which is different from American martial uh, mixed martial arts, but. Yeah. Uh, it's because like they put emphasis on like the ability to finish and like, if you don't pace yourself in that first 10 minute round, you're not going to fucking finish the fight. And if you're in a good enough condition, you can drag your opponent deep into exhaustion so that you can finish in those second and third rounds. And which is exactly what Japan did. They're like, Oh cool. We'll just keep Germany close, keep Germany close. And then at like 55, 60 minutes into the match, they just fucking turned it up. And G- Germany couldn't fucking hang with them because they have a bunch of old heads yeah. in like playing. They can't keep up with them. And you saw like wh- wh- who is uh, Germany's best defender who was literally standing on his head, like covering like three three quarters of the field. And they took him off the pitch. Oh, yeah. <coughs> uh, at, that was that dude's name. It, 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 regardless, when they took him off the pitch, he was one of the younger players. You know, not mm-hmm. definitely not the seniorest he player. Was gassed. He was done. But it's because he's having to cover so much ground. And the Japan team was just like fucking trotting. No, it's Ru- it's Rudiger. No, it wasn't Rudiger. Rudiger was, was gassed, but he wasn't. He does he doesn't play the field like the guy that you're talking about. Um, no, okay. Uh, Rudiger was getting frustrated as shit, and that's hilarious when he gets frustrated because he starts making dumb fouls, just dumb fouls. I'm surprised he didn't get a fucking red card in that game. Was it Kimmich? No. I'll I'll look it up, but Sewell or no, Rom? Sule. No, um, I'll look it up. Gnabry, maybe. Yes, um, Gnabry. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah, fantastic player. Um, <clears throat> so I think the switchover is this World Cup. Next World Cup is going to be very competitive, but it's the skill level is going to be much higher. Yeah. Um, and by that point, you know, Neymar is going to be old. Uh, Brazil's essentially going to be well, Casemiro's going to be old too, so they're going to be Vinicius, Richarlison. You know, they're going to have their young guns in there. Um, Spain will be better and Gun- young. Gundogan, that's the fucking Gundogan. Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you're right, though. I mean, formations and st- style of play will, you know, it will still matter, but I think what you're seeing is and this is one thing that Spain is going to have to evaluate to some extent and it's not it's not that possession football is going away 
it's that you know and I, I think lucho has said this a couple times and a lot of people have reiterated this but if possession without a purpose doesn't you know get you anywhere and when you saw spain possess the ball and again i want to reiterate the game against costa rica is the reason the system works right like it proved it becomes so overwhelming to a team if you put one or two goals past their goalie <clears throat> that they start to have to chase the game that is the yeah. purpose behind you know what spain plays now if you park the bus against them it is spain's you know job to get past it and they have as of yet been able to figure out you know how to skill up their players enough to do that um and then they've lost on penalties or you know they've gotten hit with a counter goal spain has rarely if ever if go look back you know since 2010 go look back since they won the world cup how often spain has lost and by what margin 99% of the time it's a one goal margin yeah or on penalties which is or on penalties might as well be. And at, at that level honestly penalty when it goes to shootout you're fucking it's a coin toss absolutely um so so i think i would be careful to say that you know um the the revolution is what Japan is doing because it certainly is a way to, you know, impact these teams. Yeah. What I'd like to see though, is, you know, one world cup, couple good teams, you know, while it is, you know, I guess shocking, how sustainable is it? Right. Because now you, you you can now kind of plan for Japan to do something like this, right? They bring on subs. They're kind of these super subs. You know, maybe you counter with, you know, a new center back or you counter with, yeah. you know, maybe I your mean, formation changes slightly. Instead of two at the back, you do three at the back. Like, I mean, Thomas know, you, Tuchel, with all of his fucking shortcomings toward the end of his run at Chelsea, that's what set him apart when he, when he came into the Premier League. He was bringing on super subs at an hour. Like, yeah. he was getting criticized that he wasn't starting Kai Havertz, but then he would come in with fresh legs at 60 minutes and yeah. play the last half hour fucking lights out and just blast by people. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah, like, to your point, like, if you can plan for it, like, could it be stopped? Like, well, yeah, on paper you can, but in reality, when you're that deep in the hole, if you've been, you know, stymied by the, your opponent for an hour of gameplay... What like mentally are you able to fucking stand up to that test and get your ass turned around to catch people or get by people? And that's tough, man. Like that's that's it is, be... and I, I I will give the Japanese an incredible amount of credit for sustaining that amount of defensive pressure and then turning it on for ten minutes, scoring two goals, and going back into the shell. Yeah, like that's disciplined. That's not easy to do. And it wasn't like they got got by on luck. They just fucking no, outplayed no. their asses. And they it was went and took amazing. the game. I mean, they took it. It's there's there's no doubt about it. And um, the one team Spain could probably get a header in over, right? <laughs> they and... they couldn't even get across it. No, because um, they're getting their shit stuffed outside the box. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, it man. Was, but Japan played a very good World Cup. I, th I think my two most impressive teams for me that I'd like to see what they do over the next four years are probably Japan and Canada. Cause Canada is so close. 
Yeah, they, I uh, their, like they their kinda... results were not they were not re- representative of how well they played. I feel like they got a they caught a lot of criticism for their outcome, but like yeah, I agree. Watching them play in the North American tournaments, they were fucking scary. Yeah. So and the they're player, very they're... very close to being a very good team. No, I don't think they're like a World Cup winning team, but they round get... of sixteen for sure, and definitely shaking shit up in the group stages for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a they caught a rough break in the group stages this year. <laughs> they did. They uh, did. What? But yeah, I'd like to see where they're going. That, that's that's going to be a fun team to watch. Not to get too far ahead and drag us deeper into sock sock talk, but. Have you seen what the plans are for uh, the 2026 World Cup and how FIFA plans on uh, handling the like the jump to 48 teams or yeah whatever it is? Did you wait? Hold on. Did you see, did, no. Okay. So you that that is before today. Today they announced they're going to kill the idea. Of, of 16 groups of three teams? Yes, 16 groups okay, of three. thank the Lord. Yeah, because they were like, wait a second, that means that teams could just collude and keep the third team out. Like, yeah, no, that's exactly what will fucking happen because it's happened before. Well, not only that, it... it. I mean, once you win, why would you try Why would you anymore? try? Yeah, you're done. You're like, I fucking... I'm, I'm out. Yeah, and... Yeah, no, they, so they killed that today. Everybody plays two games and... Yeah, once you win, I would just chill. So there's two yeah, yeah. two approaches. There, there are two approaches they're looking at taking now. One is keeping it a four uh, four team group, um, but just doing like twelve four team groups. Twelve groups, which would be the most logical, right? And then the the way they offset the mm-hmm. like the next stage to make it a little more fair and also interesting is that the top eight third place teams in all across all groups will advance to the knockout round. It's like a wild card. Kind of, yeah, basically a wild card. Um, it would make every game matter, and the groups would matter a lot less. That's good. And yeah, like that. it would allow teams like Canada, who got fucking shit-canned this this tournament, like who were really good teams who may not have gotten the best best shake, if they pull out a win in their group stage, they're fucking, they're considered. It would make, it would make the third game way more important. Yeah, exactly. And we had very important third games this tournament, but, but like nobody in the America, like once England scored two on Wales, where it, it was done, it was done. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Everybody could just coast. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, uh, the other, the other approach is doing two 24 team brackets. And basically like you play, you have like a play and mini tournament, to see who goes into the finals. Yeah, but see, okay, so that's more NCAA style. I yeah. think the, the part of that that I don't like is the superpower will draw the easiest bracket essentially yeah. up until the end. Yep. If you do and stack ranking based on group play, that might make it a little more interesting. I, I think still... that would be more interesting because my problem would be the FIFA ranking is already so bastardized, right? Like well, it's fucking it's what is it? It means nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. Europe, European teams get a fucking heavy, heavy weight, regardless of how good they actually are. Brazil yeah. always gets the fucking the the go ahead in South America, and then everybody else is fucked. Like so, yeah. I mean, just look at look at how poorly Belgium played. Everybody um, knew they were not the number two team in the world. Anybody who's watched football, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then it's seen that, <laughs> goddamn, <sighs> De Bruyne is on his own. You're having to, you and fucking 55-year-old Courtois are on your own. You you got to carry the team. I don't, I don't understand how 
The Hazard I mean, brothers aren't going to help does, you. Does he? Does he have? <laughs> another citizenship that he could go claim i don't know man he's nice i feel like he's a nice enough person that other countries just be like come on come on kevin because he, he's from he's from uh flanders yeah oh he's belgian through and through he yeah but, so he's the, been the his entire professional is, career in england like yeah i would just claim that english citizenship and switch over but <laughs> um the dude the dude is far too good for yeah. what is around him and honestly, I felt I felt bad because a lot of people think he's only that good because he's in Pep system. No, he's fucking and amazing. He's a it's not amazing true. Yeah, it's not true. The dude's he's got you know vision beyond what most people in that position have hey, ever to, ever had. To give some credence to how much I dislike Phil Foden's haircut, Kevin De Bruyne, through and through Man City player, love him. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's a good player. Phil Foden, He's a great player. Phil Foden sucked my butt. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Foden is, I, I think... That's how bad his know, haircut I is. Be, I might be completely wrong about this, but I think he could play a very big role in what happens on Saturday. Uh, I, it would be he's, fucking mind-boggling. He's the kind of guy you throw on to shake shit up. Um, that's what his role is at Man City. Uh, uh, here's what I'll say. I think he is a much better option off the bench than Jack Raylish. Yeah. 1000%. Third worst haircut and, in all of English football. <laughs> really focused on the haircuts. <laughs> and Jack Jack Raylish is, you know, I mean, he's the guy who, what, Gucci sponsors him, I think, or something? I don't know. Like uh, Tom Ford or some shit. Like, he, just <laughs> asinine fucking fashion designer. He's gotten, he's gotten so much time off the bench. And done not a goddamn nothing, thing. Nothing. Nothing. Even <laughs> in his fucking... I don't even know who he plays for anymore. But I he see... Plays for Mississippi. Does he really? I literally yeah. see more about him trying to transfer to other fucking clubs <laughs> than I do about his work on the field. Like, And I, I don't follow Man City shit. So there's no reason I'm seeing any of this if it's not just being outwardly publicized how bad he wants to play for I, any I other think, team. Well, I think part of it is Graylish. Okay. I'm not going to shit on him too hard because he did have this video where this kid with like some sort of learning disability, um, you know, was like, oh, Graylish is my favorite player. And Graylish went to go meet his him. name. His name is Kyle Walker, Frank. Just call him by his name. No, it's <laughs> see what I did there. He's got a learning yeah, disability. <laughs> so he goes to the kid's school and play soccer. He did not have a learning disability, Frank. My God. Okay. The kid had a, a real disability. Okay. Uh, that, okay, God, that sounds even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because that's different, right? No Beer Left Behind is brought to you by <laughs> the, kid, the Center uh, for Learning and Acceptance by All. Put it? He had he had like a deformed arm. Okay, you know was, what? Not making it any better. Okay. This this child this child was a big fan. And it, you know what? It doesn't even have to be kid. Who really enjoys playing soccer? Yeah, and the kid's like, "Oh man, you're my favorite player, whatever." And then he like gives him his jersey. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Right? Did he have an accent just then, and Frank? He shows up. He shows up and gives him a jersey, right? And then it, it just right, right after his game, he just won a title, whatever he won. Uh, kid comes up with the fucking uh, what's that trophy? Uh, comes sits next to Jack and he goes, "Hey, Jack, next time you score, can you do a little dance for me?" And Jack goes, "Hey, mate." Sure thing. What not? <laughs> then the dude gets up and he does this little like 
fucking he's, squeegee. He's doing whatever. the wave. He's doing the SpongeBob dance. The, yeah, yeah. Move, so he does a little SpongeBob dance. And Grayler scored in the World Cup and did the dance. So oh, I got to give him credit for that. But outside of that, terrible haircut though. He was, did that all with a <laughs> terrible haircut. I'm sure the dude's been nothing but a nightmare at Man City. He's <laughs> not as good as he thinks. I, I think. A lot of it has to do with the fact that he looks a little bit like David Beckham. He looks like David Beckham's like off cousin, you know, like equate <laughs> equate David he Beckham. Does, he doesn't look <laughs> that bad. He's, no, yeah, not off cousin. He's 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 like Archer Farms David Beckham, you know, the the Target House brand. Yeah, like it's a little elevated, but it's definitely not fucking Hamburger Helper. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, yeah, I I think part of it is like the British really like these like, you know. Sporty McSport Spice looking dudes, but also who, small. I don't get it because David Beckham wasn't big, big either. But like when it comes to like skill, yeah. I think Mason Mount is fucking amazing. Not a handsome person. He's not <laughs> okay. a he's not a bad can looking we, dude, but he's not a handsome. Can and, we discuss the amount of these athletes out there, especially in the soccer world, that by now should have afforded? I don't know some orthodontics uh listen here's the deal i think it affects the way they breathe at this point i think it's it's something to do with aerodynamics and the way they're breathing i mean this this motherfucker okay danny olmo look him up real quick tell me that dude can't get a jaw replacement tomorrow and look like fucking a million times better oh it's uh well he see here's the problem with danny olmo he his chin was removed in some sort of fucking bicycle accident in, while playing at Salzburg uh, or Leipzig. Wherever. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. But then he runs around and he's got this head and then just like this inverted, I don't know, belly button for a chin. It's, uh, it's, it's frightening. He has what's weird is the picture that I'm seeing on the on the Bundesliga website for RB Leipzig. Is it looks like he has a tan line, you know, someone with a strong jaw has like a white, like maybe have some really light skin underneath their jawline. But I know that that's a goddamn lie because he has no chin, no jaw, he has no chin. yet has a tan line where a chin would have been. So when this when this dude like and his head around. is like also fucking off centered. I know he's got a swoop haircut, but at the same time, his peanut- not, there's a lot. There's a lot with Danny Olmo, and then He's when he starts running, eyes. oh god! When he starts running, it just gets even worse because it's like. He's got this like schlepping way of running, you know, and his head starts bobbling. Yeah, in any case, sense. he's just one of those examples uh, on the field that I saw that you're like, man, have some pride you're in yourself. A shit ton of money, <laughs> just go sit in an orthodontic chair for a couple hours. <laughs> Let's also take that same money and keep some of the American players out of the barber's chair. You do not need to. You do not need to dye the French flag onto your head. Okay, so here's the thing, right? He did that. What the fuck are we doing? Did no one tell him? No I'm, one told him. I'm, okay, I'm with I'm with uh, some American fans who they're my neighbors, but they 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 watch the World Cup, you yeah. know. And and my buddy goes. Did he paint the French flag? <laughs> yeah, he did. And I was like, I don't, I don't think anybody told him. To be honest, I don't, I don't think they told him. It's the American um, public education system really yeah. letting everyone down. I don't think. And then he, he kept it the whole World Cup. He did. He, he could have gone to any fucking barber in France and been like, or in Qatar and been like, or Qatar. What's the right way to pronounce it? Cutter. Qatar? Cutter. Cutter. Um, could have gone anywhere there. 
I mean, I'm sure they're about a stone's throw away, the size of that country. Well, uh, hold on. Yeah, the the black hair th- guy. Those stones are being reserved to stone people who are not heterosexual <laughs> men. Okay, so. Yeah. Well, hey, but why why use stones when you could just take Samuelito? Shut up! I hate you. <laughs> Uh yeah, no. you didn't you didn't see him kicking the head of the Algerian no fan I oh him? yes I did yeah <laughs> outside the stadium yeah fucking idiot send that man straight to prison he won't go to prison because I guess in Qatar they think he's still an African hero but I'd send him straight to jail no doubt about it um with all that being said World Cup coming up should be very interesting we've got you know. France, England Saturday is going to be huge. Um, Brazil isn't really going to face much competition nah. until they get to the finals. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to Morocco v. Netherlands. I think that'll be an interesting game. It'll be interesting. I don't, I don't think it's going to... Wait, no, you're talking Morocco versus Portugal. I'm sorry, Morocco v. Portugal. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, uh, Netherlands play Brazil, right? Netherlands play Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, that's right. I get. I got the brackets confused. So, it'll Morocco. Be, it'll be Morocco v. Portugal will be interesting, but I think Portugal is going to put them away very early. Yeah, I think Mor- Morocco is one of those teams that uh, has it's hitting their Cinderella stride right now. But I think that's going to end real quick because I mean, with but, their, their new uh, coach is at least decent. He's and decent. Can I give can I give some credit because I think he plays for you guys. Hakim Ziyech, yeah. Yeah, he plays for Chelsea. He's a hell of a player. He's amazing. Um, amazing. I think uh, I think you know there's a couple of things that some club managers have to consider after seeing some of these performances. I hope so. Ziyech's role needs to be evaluated in Chelsea cuz he he is a fucking just monster dude he was a monster for the last two years and he has been i mean admittedly much like Polisic, he's been underutilized in his like primary role like mm-hmm. they try to play him out of position often and they and then once he when he is playing like his normal role they're asking him to do fucking shit that he has no business doing like yeah. they'll put him opposite of reese james and like that's cool that's great we have two really good swinging you know guys who can swing in crosses really well. But then Aspilicueta will pick his pocket or fucking uh, Ben Chilwell will be right there and just take all the heat away from Ziesh and his abilities to fucking clean a ball, like get a clean yeah. cross in. No, he, I think I think he needs to be given the keys. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's shown that he can do it. Well, in the, the same way that like Jorginho won that spot for Chelsea after the last, yeah. after the last World Cup. Like he hasn't not seen starting time and not seeing the captain's armband since 2018, which rightfully yeah. so he was amazing, but like, bro, Ziyech is no, right it's, there. It's, it's Ziyech's time. I think he's, he's right at that time now. Um, the other person that I was going to say needs to be evaluated for a January transfer. Even it's Tyler Adams. Um, oh my that God. kid, I don't, I don't know how you look at him and go, man, that is not a perfect fit. For, for what any Liverpool team. is doing, you know, he, he, his his energy is perfect for a team that presses. Yeah, and 
just go find a team that runs the high press and sign this man. He deserves to be on a better team than Leeds United, even though Leeds just you know got a shit ton of money. Um, I would for sure look into buying him if I were you know any any team running the high press. Yeah. Um, and then I hate to say it, but even though I don't like Bayern Munich, they should probably be doing a hell of a lot more with Alfonso Davies. Well, I mean, um, what what more can you do besides win the fucking Bundesliga every single yeah. year? No, I mean he he needs he needs to be given a much more free floating role. When you saw him succeed in the Canadian system, uh, he was kind of he was kind of playing like left wing slash, you know, central midfield. Yeah, and I think I think what. <laughs> What he has that Bayern Munich, you know, needs more of, Musiala definitely has it, is that sort of that vision in the final third. You need to figure out how to get those two to work together and unlock that potential because that's they're going to be very important to Bayern Munich's future. And I think they both proved, Musiala was amazing, um, obviously, but I think they both proved that, you know, they could be given... Yeah, the freedom to, to kind of yeah, you know what? Um, to float around a little bit. And you know, as we're talking about this, like we you know, we've Frank, you and I have been through four World Cups now, three World yep. Cups, three that I know of because we really started watch. I, I really started watching with you in 2010. 2010, and that's how also I can know that it's a four year anniversary for me and my wife because at our wedding we had Vuvuzela apps on our phone. Our brand new iPhone 3Gs and shit, uh, and uh, yeah. So anyway, so we've been through been through some World Cups. This one, obviously, being the first one that's like mid season World Cup. Yeah, it's an odd one. I can tell you, this kind of makes things way more exciting for me, mm-hmm. being that like we're on like an all star break. Like this is yep. like essentially an all star break for for club soccer across the world. Like it doesn't matter because right now MLS season is wrapped. Like they don't really play this time of year. Uh, But like fucking European, especially Premier League. I don't know too much about you know uh, Liga Un or La Liga or Bundesliga, but like Premier League, December is the fucking month. Like it's moving month. It's moving month, and it's the fucking Christmas like corridor where Mm -hmm. teams will play like six or seven times in the month of December. All league, well, yeah, because everybody's got vacation. It's yeah, 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 it's fucking cool. Like you, literally during Christmas week, you have seven days of Premier League soccer, and it's goddamn yep. killer matches. You have giant rivals all the time, like like playing each day, and it's awesome to watch. But like now that this is breaking it up, this is fucking this is awesome to see the best of the best playing right before the best of the best are set to play each other in their respective clubs. It's fucking. I will say this: this World Cup mid mid break in December is fucking sick. I would I almost like to see more of this. I would like to see this more too. I think I think um, the the benefit of it being mid season, you know, you do get the break. The other thing that I think is is a little bit underappreciated is <clears throat> you see teams. The reason Saudi Arabia won their first game, right, mm-hmm. is they essentially took their top flight team 
from their league and just put it on the national team. And that's what Qatar did or Qatar did as well. They 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 took a fucking eight or they haven't played since September. Oh my god! And they fucking and it showed. It yeah, showed. it showed. But okay. at the same time, can we can we can we quickly just discuss? Because I think I think I brought up a fair point. It didn't get much play uh, in in the thread, but you should have at least qualified for a World Cup independently before you get to bid to host one. I mean, yeah. Everybody gave South Africa such a hard time about that when they they were the first host country to not qualify for knockout play, but. I feel like it went under. Oh, we got damn close. We, we got, got damn, damn close. close. One, two. It's yeah. under. Like people did not appreciate the fact that South Africa didn't have to build infrastructure to support a fucking World Cup from scratch. Y'all already mm-hmm. had rugby host sites that were far large enough to cover, you know, to support a fucking World Cup. So yeah, you built, I think, three stadiums. And it World really that was just upgrading existing ones or making like a national stadium to where y'all will play there forever. But mm-hmm. like, th- th- like that to me is far more like the 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 building part of it is what's far more important for me because like I feel like any any nation should have a host and contrary to what you just said, I believe that if you do win the host bid, that you know, you're 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 uh, the host country should be able to play. However, maybe no, no, maybe no, no. you don't I, get I, maybe I, you don't the host get country. The host country should be able to play, but but maybe you don't bid, get to host until you've. <laughs> That's I don't know, point. at least qualified for your Nations Cup or whatever your fucking regional uh, no, no. shit you, is? No, no, you should have at least qualified for a World Cup. It's not, I mean, especially now that we expanded to 48 teams. Right. There has got to be some level of integrity that cannot be purchased. Yeah. And I think the easiest way to do it is to say, hey, if you've never qualified for this tournament, dot, 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 and don't have more than, if you, as long as you have more than five stadiums, like yeah, in your so, fucking entire nation. I, I don't know. I think I think there's some integrity that definitely needs to be built into it. I know yeah. the U.S. is hosting the Rugby World Cup in 2026. That's cool. Well, they'll which, use uh, a lot of the fucking. Wait, hold on. 2026 is Rugby World Cup and Soccer World Cup same year. Normally, we're in the same year. Yeah. So it's 2018 was the last one. 2020. So the rugby because this World Cup is off cycle. The Rugby World Cup this year is 2023. Okay. Is it? No, we're, we're a year after. We're a year after. Yeah, so I was going to say, I thought y'all were odd sorry, years. 2027. Yeah. 2027 so is, y'all, the, is but the y'all... U.S. Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Okay. That'll be, like, are they doing the whole North American World Cup where they have Mexico and no, Canada? No, no, it's all, it's all in, in, in the U.S. I and I think Dallas I've never seen a, site. I've never seen a Mexican rugby team, so I assume that they probably that, wouldn't be competing. They have a sevens team that's pretty good, but they do not have a good rugby union team. I do like a good uh, sevens. Like, I do like a good sevens match. It's fucking, it's like NFL Blitz. It's fucking it's great. It's absolutely <laughs> <chaos>. um, <laughs> Yeah, so 2027 will be good because I'll be at a lot of those games. Um, and it's just, I don't, I don't are know. Are those played in the summer or are those played in fall, spring? It's, a, it's in the, the fall. Okay. I don't know when they're going to play it here. It's either f- spring or fall. So they try to line it up with either the Southern Hemisphere calendar. I'm guessing what they're going to do is line this up with the Northern. And if they line it up with the Northern, it'll be January, February. Okay. Or February, March. Um, I don't think they've decided yet, but <clears throat> that, that'll be a fun World Cup. I think the, what I like and what I'm seeing now in the U.S. when World Cups happen is that people actually care about it. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly becoming a thing. 
And, you know, while the history of people caring about World Cups in this country is maybe a decade and a bit old, I, I hope to see it grow because there are so many of these things that, you know, there's a cricket World Cup, there's a rugby World Cup, there's a, you know, soccer World Cup. In, in most of these countries that they care about the soccer World Cup, they care about one of the other two. Yeah. And the U.S., you know, everybody's now caring about the soccer one. I'm hoping I see some, you know, more broadcast of the U.S. national rugby team leading into 2027 because it's equally as exciting. Dude, um, I, it's equally as good. I can't remember what tournament I watched. It was like, I don't know, the one with like, uh, like, but fucking England versus the world or Ireland versus the world, where the fuck it was, where it seemed like everybody was playing one of those two nations, uh, rugby, uh, last year or year before last. Oh, it's the British, the British and Irish Lions tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where they basically, yeah. and it was televised or like, uh, streamed on, ESPN. on ESPN. Yeah. yeah. That was fun as shit to watch because I hadn't seen too many, like outside of the Olympics, I guess. Uh, were the only like major rugby events that I've seen in the last yeah. eight years, um, and it was fun as shit to watch. Love watching that shit. Um, I I think I don't know. I, I hope I hope that the North American World Cup of soccer goes off well, and I hope it is a fucking. I don't know. I I I'm with you. Like I I feel like. Yeah, the last 10 years have been nice to uh, gain traction for, for, you know, world soccer in the United States. I'm not as hopeful as you. I, th- I feel like that, that it's picked up as much. I feel like we're, we're you and I in particular are kind of in a, an echo chamber, if you will, for people who sure. are like, oh, yeah, I like soccer. And they're like, they may say that because they know you and I like soccer. Uh, well. But <laughs> like, as we saw with Matt Turner, the fucking, the U.S. goalkeeper, like he watched... Uh, a world cup match in what 2014 or 2010 mm-hmm. and was like a, a fucking baseball prospect, like yeah. legit prospect for playing collegiate ball and was like, no, nah, fuck it. I want to go play soccer. And like, that is a, that is a one-to-one comparison to like skill set in baseball that can translate directly over to soccer as being a goalkeeper. Oh, he was like a catcher? Uh, you, I think he was first base or uh, third base, one of the two. Yeah, but one like, of the active positions. Active positions where you're, you, you're stretching, you're fucking using yeah. hand-eye coordination like a mother. Uh, and to be honest, one of the best goalkeepers I've seen for the men's national great. team. He did great. I think, I think his reactions towards the defense... I, for for being three out of the four, there was one goal that was his fault. But like but in in the big three series, out of the four, I would have been pissed too. I look at Senegal and I know how Edward Mendy Edward Mendy plays, yeah. and he got scored on far more times than old Matt Turner. And I know Mendy as much as he I've given him criticism this year. Uh, Mendy is a fucking world class goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper, and he got he got fucking roasted about four times this this tournament. And for Matt Turner to only get just waxed one legitimate time, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking impressive. Uh, and also, lest we forget, that dude stepped in for an injured fucking starting goalkeeper during the CONCACAF World, World Cup. World, uh, yeah, but it wasn't a cup. It was like a, a, a CONCACAF charger plate that goes under, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the CONCACAF <laughs> placemat, the gold placemat. <laughs> Um, so, but he came in and then fucking went through penalties against a fucking stacked ass Mexican team 
in that in that match. One on one versus the best in North America at the time and fucking shut yeah. every one of them down. It was impressive. Like the balls on that guy. Yeah, that's huge. That's Pretty huge. big. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, Mexico is, I don't, we don't need to go too no, much into it. No, we don't. But that is, that is a, a, it's I, a, they're an enigma. I don't understand. I feel like they're an example of the you team. haven't scored a goal in. <sighs> What's it going? Now it's going to be three World Cups. Three World Cups. I I think what you're when you said that uh, Germany fucked up by bringing old people or Netherlands fucked up. Whoever it was fucked up bringing old people. Mexico, Mexico has decided to bring Chicharito. <laughs> Mexico has been bringing the fucking old people for the last three World yeah. Cups, and yeah. and they're they're not doing themselves any favors because what they're doing is they're throwing their best talent out, like because they're. It's not like fucking what is it? Uh, Ma Aquis, the fucking the Mexican league is bad. They're no, it's not fucking hyper competitive. They're one of the few like club nations clubs that are almost exclusively from their nation. So they have the best of the best competing every fucking week against each other. They're paid well. It's it's um, it's actually. I I wonder. Is the, what's the guy's name? Tito Venezuela, Tito. I think it's Venezuela, the, the head coach for Mexico, um, or Mar- maybe it's Tito Martinez. I I'll look it up. His, you keep going. Last name, but um, I think they suffer because of machismo, machismo culture more than anything. They don't want to let go of you know Gerardo Martinez. Okay. They call him Tito. Right? Yeah, t- yeah. But he uh, he has a specific playing style that doesn't lend itself well to consistent results. And quite frankly, very similar to what Spain faces at the moment, it doesn't lend itself well to scoring goals when you don't have strikers. So he picks his team, and there's not a goddamn striker on the team. And Chicharito would have been fine playing you know 30 minutes as a super sub kind of like you know Ronaldo yep Chicharito is 36 something like that um could have been here at the World Cup probably would have scored a fucking goal at least one um, you know it's wild yeah so they, I mean it, the, the number of sitters that Mexico missed was just it's astounding it, it was so bad his nickname so by bad. the way Tata which is fucking hilarious Tata, Tata. Tito, yeah. and He's not even Mexican. He's Argentine. He's an Argentine mm-hmm. professional football manager. He's the guy, he's the guy that, that that Messi drove off. Yeah. Messi was sick of him. Well, I wonder so why. Messi, <laughs> Messi, Messi wouldn't come back to the Argentine national team. He, he, remember when he quit the national team like three years ago? Which is what, what Hakim Ziyech did earlier this year. Yeah. It was to get that coach out. Yep. So he... Uh, he quit that team, then Tata moved on, and I guess went on to coach Mexico for some fucking reason. Uh, but, well, let's let's say the Mexican national team has not made the best decisions over the last. No. How long have they but been I, playing I, football? I, I, I really, I really hope Bergholter doesn't get a contract through the next World Cup. I hope he gets a contract through, you know, whatever our version. What's what's our twenty four Cup? I think the Concacaf Gold Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Through the Gold Cup, if he performs at the Gold Cup and you can see significant improvements, I don't need to see improvements at center back. I don't need you yeah. know wing back. We have good defenders. We need That's cohesion not the across the fucking pitch. 
I need to see, you know, our attacking wings and that last third make the right decision. I don't need to see crosses into the box every fucking two minutes. If there's a tall ass dude we can go get to play nine, <laughs> go fucking get him. Hey, you know, like, listen, Bronny... he doesn't even need to know what the fuck to do on the field except head if that's what you're trying to do. But stop crossing the goddamn ball to no to one. Five foot seven, Christian Pulisic, who hey, cannot get here's up. the problem. Like, Pulisic was never. Pulisic by position alone should never be in the it, like heading anything. Shouldn't be. Here's the issue. Pulisic, shouldn't be. He, Pulisic, was, he was there several times. I think by accident he was thing. looking around like, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh Jesus! There's a ball coming through. No, by position that motherfucker is doing. I feel like exactly what he should be doing, which is pinpoint crosses, pinpoint passes, dribbling, and annoying the shit out of everybody to the point where they're fouling him or they're they're they're. They're they're committing fouls on him, uh, and w- did he flop a lot? Maybe a uh, maybe. I'll okay. give you maybe. Hey, hey. Can, can we can we at least now just bury the fact that Germany doesn't flop? Because I could not even they handle the end of that Japan game. They were pissed. They they pulled they off some American mentality. Is what they did. Diving all over the fucking place and. Quite frankly, like I wouldn't be as insulted by it had they not railed every fucking Latin American team and Spain for, for what they called as like the Latin flop. You know, like this is just oh, fucking. You know, yeah. This is just what they do. Fuck you guys. That well, that's you know, how they it, excuse it, themselves <laughs> out of getting eliminated from the last World Cup, right? Or yeah. like that's the, yeah. Well, they just kept complaining. Yeah, and they've complained. You know. When, when Bayern plays Barca and Real Madrid, they're like, oh, they're just going to dive all over the place. It's like... Here's the deal. Germany, if Timo Werner hadn't been hurt, he would have been hurt during the fucking World Cup because he is he is a prime example of a fragile European club player. He yeah. is. Like, he will... Like, is he good? Yes. Arguably, he's he's good. Uh, is he strong? Arguably, By no he's means. One of, he's one of the best talents at his position. But... He cannot stay healthy. Nope. And <clears throat> his first touch, he might as well be wearing a fucking concrete sock. Yeah, he is like, fucking. He's only had one soft touch, and it was like his first or second game at Chelsea. Him, and it was him, sick. I, I feel like him, him, and Romelu Lukaku uh, need to go find no, my pillow guy and no. start making a fucking boot. Lukaku because, needs to fucking visit a chiropractor because that man is a goddamn. He, whoever the Tin Man saw in Wizard of Oz, that's who Lukaku yeah. needs to visit because. That motherfucker lumbering is the only way to describe his movement. I mean, he needs he needs that, and then he probably needs to start. I don't know, eating healthy. Hey, uh, listen, he, he is sweating gravy at this point in fucking whatever just, Italian yeah, gravy yeah. is. That's what he's sweating. Okay, but that's the, that's the thing, right? Like every time I see him, I'm like, damn, dude, you're. I can understand at 27 being this size and yeah. running down the field. You can do it. Oh, he's a fucking monster. And he At was. 34, you need to be slender if you're still doing this. Yeah. And he's doing nothing to do that. No. He um, is he's sweat he's sweating as much as Cesar Aspilicueta. And Aspilicueta has <laughs> well, twice the size. Twice at least because Aspilicueta weighs maybe 170 pounds after yeah. he's sw- like covered in sweat. And yeah, no, this dude is literally like a he's me. He's Zion he's, Williams out there on the field trying to play. You know. Okay. <clears throat> Last thing and then we should probably wrap. Yeah, I, I real quick, uh just the US men's national team. I know you're listening. Sure. Stop trying to pursue uh Bronny. 
don't don't try to get Bronny James for the 2026 World Cup. It's yeah. not going to work. Hey, he doesn't want to play goalie. He doesn't want to play goalkeeper. He doesn't want to play fucking your your attacker. Yes, I understand. Frank gave you great idea of getting somebody who's like seven foot tall who could jump to play in the middle. Great idea. I'm just going to say, go to like a fucking AAU game. Find find a guy who's like who's dunking in in warmups. Okay, looks good. It's pretty solid. Doesn't play. Okay, find that guy. When you find that guy, give him your number, Burhalter. You'd be like, hey, I want you to give me a call. You ever heard of Matt Turner? And the dude's obviously gonna say no because I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. And you'd be like, oh, goalkeeper, men's national team. Uh-huh. And then give him one of these, like, wink, 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 raise your eyebrow and shit. And then when he's like, men's national team for what? Because again, he doesn't know what you're talking about. You'd be like, hey, listen, do you want to sit on the bench during these fucking AAU games? Or do you want to go get some fucking international poon? And they're going to be like, yeah. well, international poon. You want to play the World Cup. Yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> he doesn't know what soccer is at this point. Because this is a oh. this is a backup to the backup to the backup AAU player who's dunking in warmups but not starting or playing. Find that guy. Put him just fucking does do his are his feet oriented in the forward position? Are his feet on right? They are fucking let's give him some cleats and turn him out on the field and then tell him to jump and hit that ball into that fucking giant ass net. Are you tired of shooting a ball into a tiny hoop? <laughs> do your feet work good? Come play U.S. national soccer. And then we Who's got it. We, we got it. We got fucking basketball players with basketball player height and physicality. All you got to do is fucking, you don't even have to use your arms. Technique what? Look at Christian Pulisic. He got hit in the dick and scored a goal. And everybody loves him, you know? And like, <laughs> come on, play for the national team. I'm going to start, you know what? I'm going to cut I'm gonna cut commercials so that Burhalter can play him at these fucking AAU tournaments. And then maybe at like a, I don't know, uh, the NFL combine for somebody who runs like a fucking four six as a wide receiver. Like, yeah, you're not going to get picked up. But guess what, my guy? But see, I need, I need, I need Burhalter to have some accountability in this next contract. I'm just trying to help him, you know. I, I need, uh, yeah, I'm trying to help <laughs> for sure. I think you can always go to the AAU squads and find something. <laughs> um, accountability for his contract would be great. Uh, I need U.S. soccer analysts to stop overselling what the national team is doing. Yeah. Um, you know who I want to yes. just go away. Landon Donovan. Yes. His fucking, first off, worst haircut in all of U.S. soccer. We can all agree on that. That <laughs> hairline agree. that hairline is holding on by a fucking thread. All right? Let's just be real. Second, his voice is terrible. Landon Donovan needs to get the fuck out of here. Also, yeah. anyone named Landon listening to this show, go fuck yourself. Stop listening. Yeah. Unsubscribe. It's a terrible no name. land on your face. Terrible um, name. Yeah, he, he, he is frustrating, but it's, it's the... Okay, no one should mistake themselves. The U.S. is nowhere near the level of quality of, you know, what the Netherlands is putting out there. I was going to say Morocco. Morocco. Yeah, it, well, yeah. It's it, 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 Until you set expectations appropriately, accountability is hard to follow. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, the U.S. sort of... They should have had a pretty easy time with everybody except England. And they didn't. Right. And they even struggled against uh, Iran because that last 30 minutes of that game were fucking frustrating to watch. Mm hmm. And there should be some accountability for it. Just getting to the round of 16, if that's all we're looking to do, cool. Not a problem. 
um, we we can do that essentially sleepwalking in most World Cups. We did in but, this one. It seemed like yeah, yeah. But if if you actually want to at one point compete for the thing, you need to hold accountable. You know, not only the coach, but the system needs to be in some way, you know, evaluated. It it needs to be evaluated, but it needs to perform. Like, you need to be sure that, um, you know, the academy players are being taught, you know, appropriately how to fit into what the U.S. team is trying to do. And that's how all of this works worldwide, right? The French academies and, you know, at lower level of, of, of the French national teams, they play the style that they want the national team to play. It's not, you know, some thought up plan that just happens every four years that you now need to adjust to. No, they go, okay, you know, we play, normally we play four, four, three, maybe three, four, three, whatever. And, you know, these are the players that the types of players that the national team needs and, and that we need to make sure that we, you know, curate. And yes, unfortunately, that means that there are going to be some good players that will not play for the national team because they don't fit the style. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's uh, has to be okay rather than change the style to fit those players, Freddie. I do. Yeah. So so I would I would suggest that we are much more, you know. Okay, sure. Yeah, USA, USA. You know. Uh, sorry, you have to whatever. you have to slow roll into it with a drum beat early on. But it'd be it'd be nice if there was much more accountability from the announcers. Yeah. You it's know? it's and, almost and accountability more... accountability to the education of what is happening. Correct. The education of the Correct. viewer, I should say. Yeah. Because it's not just about the US team being out there and playing soccer. If that's all it is, then this is the peak of US soccer and you just yeah. have to live with we it. We should be happy with it. Sh- yeah, but but if up. we actually want to go compete, then there 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 is there is accountability, and and these former players should want that, right? Right, and and stop praising like a little thing that happens in a game as being like, my God, what an opportunity! No, I mean that's just fucking that's terrible that's the, shot at goal. Yeah, I was gonna say like you you picked up a trash goal that wasn't him be, yeah. head on a swivel. No, it was a trash goal that he yeah. the goalkeeper should have fucking caught instead of parried away. Should have punched out of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to see that because I I support you know at this level of world competition the Springboks South Africa. Um, we are a very good rugby team by most all accounts, the best in the world, depending on whatever you evaluate. We've got the most world cups for the number of world cups we've competed in. Um, very good rugby team, but yeah, there's accountability in the system and people come through the academies to play a style that the national team plays. And if that isn't how this system is built, you're never going to have consistent and performances. See, that's what's wild, dude. So the, what, what, like it dawned on me the other day, we were uh, taking our daughter over to a birthday party in Frisco. And it was at one of those like jump out bounce house, like yeah, fucking yeah. sites where it's an old warehouse that they put a bunch of bounce houses in anyway. But where it was located is over by Toyota stadium, which is where FC Dallas plays. And people who are not familiar with the area, may not know that that part of town, that part of Frisco, uh, east of Dallas North Tollway and south of 380, 
Uh, one, that's where the PGA national headquarters is being relocated. Uh, that's also where the fucking U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame is located at Toyota, just outside of Toyota Stadium. And that's where this part of the country's na- like national teams practice. Like, like when it- oh, and, and, and we're talking, I just want people to realize probably the best national team facilities in the world. And, but here's the deal, Frank, that's not the only place that the, the best soccer players in this country practice because there's one in LA, there's one in mm-hmm. Kansas city, there's one in Pennsylvania, there's one in New York. And I think there's one in Florida. So like there's one in Miami. Yeah. yeah there's, there's like five or six locations that the quote unquote best in the world participate. And then, and then you've got a feeder from the ING Academy. You've got feeders from all these different specific USEUECL, I think is what it's called, or something. The 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 like, like collegiate fucking leagues. The or the no no no. These are high school. High school teams. That's what I meant. Yeah yeah. The secondary. They're, they're high school AAU team kind of things. Yep. And it, it's serious shit. Like I, Christina's cousin plays for um, the Austin Sting. So we go to these games. Mm-hmm. They're they're playing good soccer. You, you know what's wild? Jay's I think Jay's nephew plays for some like uh MA Keys League team here in Dallas. Oh, that's cool. And like they live in central Oklahoma. But like they come down and practice every now and then and they participate in their own like personal squad, whatever the fuck. But like that's what I'm getting at. The like US national team, the quote unquote US National Academy is so like separate. From because I mean I guess I guess the excuse is because the country is so large that they're going to give the geographic excuse. It, it's yes. it's it's difficult to have like one united academy versus like like England. Yeah, you have some of the best best leagues, or, you know, the best teams in the world, like with the best facilities in the world, all operating within a fucking forty mile like squ- you know forty forty mile radius of London, and like. Yeah, I get it. Like that makes everything geographically easy to yeah, but the, deal the English, with. The English uh, national team training ground is—it's in North England somewhere. It's—it's it's legitimately remote. Like yeah. it'd be like building it in Nebraska. But that's the—that's the team. Like that's the national team training ground. Like that's where the 100%. best of the best. But the, I'm talking the academies. Like when it comes to like, oh, your kid is good at this sport. I'm going to need you to move. That would be like me coming to you and be like, your kid's great at the sport. Move to Pennsylvania so they can continue to play. Like, what the fuck am I going to do in Pennsylvania? Yeah, no, but, but, <laughs> but I, I think I think we should back off just a little bit because um, the intent is never to have them do that until they're old. Oh, right. So it's, it's, it's like in England, you get selected for under 17, under 18. Now is the time when, you know, it's like, okay, the academy's here. You should be close to the academy. They don't. They don't do it at that le- at that level. The club, but club stuff is still good. But that what they do get, and I think this is the point you're you're making, is they get club buy-in for a general system. Yeah. Right. Yes. It doesn't have to be the specifics that the national team runs, but you can't have like it, it'd be like it's if, run at a professional know, said, level. Yeah, you send you know some fucking Spanish kid to to, to England. And you expect them to come play uh, back and play tiki taka, you know? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's not, not realistic. Um, that's what I was gonna really say. They, I have they, a I have a buddy who uh, was a soccer coach in uh, Carrollton ISD, which is it's a like you look at Carrollton's uh, school district, like demographic breakdown. 
there is literally a section of like Spanish Americans. There's a section of Korean Americans. There's a section of Indian America. It is a fucking yeah. melting pot, Carrollton ISD. So he coached soccer at a middle school and he had like all kids from all over the world playing here. And he had a pretty good soccer team. Well, one of his kids got recruited by Manchester United and was signed to the under 13 squad or whatever the fuck they did. They moved his family to fucking England so he could participate in the academy there. Still, what that does is gives that kid, like you said, it's like the professional fucking buy-in to a system and a style of play. Like once you understand the fucking higher end levels of play, you can go in and play a, a any fucking any formation you want. And like when you come back to America, as long as you're not like you said playing fucking back and forth fucking tiddlywinks, what are the fuck you playing? You're going to be challenged, and you're going to have the skills to play at a you know club level and higher. And yeah. we don't. I feel like we don't have that as a as a national. Um, like hierarchy yeah yeah like it doesn't exist and if it does exist it's so like dis disjointed that it's hard for the average because this is not something that like like you're right like that's this is something that like at a national level your under 17 team is very very important but like in this country you know like under 17 soccer is not even in the top like six sport to play like running just general but running then, is then, fucking at, is at, held at a higher regard. <laughs> no, that's true. But at that point, then you know your your pool is smaller. Yeah. But it's almost it is almost more important to and, and I, I I don't think the U.S. is that far off. So there there was this whole like push, you know, late two thousands and you know when when we missed the World Cup, it finally even became a bigger push for these U.S. academy players to go play in Europe. Right. And, you know, the competition's more fierce and, yeah, cool. Okay, send them to Europe. That only matters so much. Uh, there, There is a serious lack of, you know, again, it's I call it a system. You can call it tactics, whatever. But there's got to be a national blueprint for how America plays soccer. And everybody knows how Germany plays. Yep. Everybody knows the Dutch play organized chaos. And, um, you know, it is fucking chaos. Yeah. I mean, the Dutch go over the top and whatever. The Germans just brute force everything. The English kind of switch to whatever style they think at the time fits their team best, but it never works. Spain triangulates Um, their way down the fucking pitch. Spain has played the same style for 30 years. So, you know, there, there's, there's an identity there. There's, there's skills that you have got to learn to play that style to be good at a world level. Um, we don't have that, and we need it because yeah. you cannot step to that next level of talent curation and talent development if you don't know that our left back, or you know, our center back, or you know, our central defensive midfielder, or whatever needs to do this and that's it and if they're really good at that we are gonna be great yep um we constantly try to fit a puzzle together that's like you know three quarters of a lego set and then we give burhalter these like 
you know, broken, broken pieces. pieces. <laughs> and like, yeah, how about you just figure out how to fit this into the castle? <laughs> and it'll it'll never work. His it'll name's work. his that name's not work. His name is Freddie Adu. Okay, he's great. You you'll love him. He yeah. plays for DC United. He's got a ten million dollar sponsorship deal behind him. Yeah, um, no, he's gonna he's be gonna great. Be yeah, <laughs> he's yeah so, he's twelve now, but he's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. So so to me, that's the most glaring thing when you watch. You know, like even Spain this world cup as frustrating as it was to see them lose i know they're young yeah but you could you could see what's happening you know you could see when these kids grow up if they just get that next step of advancement that team is going to be unstoppable yeah it's and it's like watching any other sport where the you, talent is there and the fucking the or the talent is present but the structure is there but in what what capacity can we say that about the U.S. team outside of the defense? You can't. And honestly, defense, the the defense that the U.S. showed was based on pure physicality and like will. will. But but that's that's where U.S., that could be an identity. And and if that is, then let's build around it and fucking build build a tactic around around that. Because I agree, like Japan, their identity is around the fucking, the the gusto that happens in... They just know how to counter, like... The 15 15 minutes at the worst possible time, they fucking attack. Which, today we're recording this on December 7th, I just want to bring up that it is a day that will live in infamy, a day that Japan... Attacked. Surprise attack. Yeah, let's let's just call it the per- what fucking it is. Pearl Harbor approach. Yeah, the Pearl Harbor approach. So, God, I, I, yeah, damn I, mean, it. I think that's that's the most glaring thing that I've learned from this World Cup is um, the countries that have systems can proven can systems. I'll say proven systems. Proven systems can consistently perform, um, and that's actually quite frankly, it's part of Belgium's problem. Uh-huh. Um, they don't have a proven system. They just have a they, fucking they chaos. Um, so what I'd like to see is if we do re-sign Greg as the U.S. coach, I need some vision to a system that can be taught. And yes, <clears throat> I understand. This isn't something that's going to help us in 2024 or yeah. you know 26 or whatever. Um, this is something that's going to build to probably 35, you know, like we're going to reap the benefits of this structure much later, but we have learned it now. We have learned that you cannot put a U.S. team out there with, you know, a set of broken dolls and expect it to become, you know, essentially a fairy tale. Yeah, It's never going to work, but we know we have the talent. So now it's it's how do we get the talent to understand the system that we're playing or how do we build the system around the talent and make sure that we identify the appropriate talent in the academies, the academies buy into the system that the national team is playing, you know, like all that stuff. If we can get that aligned, the U.S. national team can go places. If we do not get it aligned, we will never do anything. You feel the same way about U.S. men's national team as I feel about Oklahoma State football and under Coach Gundy because – under Coach Gundy, where we have the fucking mullet system of fuck it, who cares, swing passes, um, oh, we yeah. are going to consistently find ourselves in the guaranteed rate bowl playing on December 27th against the fucking Wisconsin Badgers every goddamn year until we hold that motherfucker accountable. Mm-hmm. 
I like dead ass. 100%. Like you, you 100%. can't. You can bring in every fucking offensive coordinator you want, but until Gundy stops calling swing passes on third and fourteen, you can get fucked. You can get and, fucked, and, and we will until, enjoy our fucking cut rate bowl game every single season. Until he understands that it's okay to cut bait on a quarterback. Yep. Because the transfer portal is there. And here's the deal. Um, It's not like he hasn't done that before. He absolutely uh, fucking did that under Bobby Reed. He's rug pulled a couple quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, I don't, I don't understand why Spencer Sanders got the amount of runway. Do you think Spencer Sanders? I, I think Spencer Sanders to me is the worst quarterback Gundy has put out there. And that's saying something. Do you? Yeah, because Bobby Reed played. Uh, do you think that Spencer Sanders was also fucking the mom of the Stillwater High School quarterback? And no you think there was like a situation there where he like Gundy was like, ah, she's pretty happy. I can't stop this. I, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck this up. I don't know, man. But it, it, now we have Kale Gundy next year. Oh, can't fucking wait! Left-handed quarterbacks always do great in a fucking running gun West Coast style. Unless, unless we go get someone. Hopefully, we can get someone in the transfer. Hey, pool, maybe the Colorado quarterback will fucking come over. <laughs> Here's the deal: we'd be, so, we'd be so lucky. It has been a long time since I've heard a coach's speech, and I've been like. I fucking kind of want to go fucking run through a wall for that coach. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't understand the heat he's getting. I don't either. He's dealing with a bunch of kids who are, you know, clearly... I, okay, dude, you run out there, you go 2-10 and 10 in the season. He straight up told you, everybody, we're in you, here, he, for the people who don't know, we're talking about Deion Sanders getting hired on as the Colorado Buffaloes head coach. Okay, and then he went in and gave a speech that he's catching he a lot of heat up. for. But he lit their asses up. He like when I say lit the rest up, I, I he lit a how fire. Many folks that are giving that content, you know, that, that the commentary. How many of them have been, you know, in that situation where mediocrity is, is like accepted, a disease? It's yeah, like a disease. Yeah, it's it's something that you just deal with, and that's what Colorado has been dealing more, with. But there's nothing more important than that speech yes. in that moment. Yeah, stopping and, it and right I, here. I don't think people uh, people don't understand. Like this is like your. It's like an intervention. So it he is. stood there and he was like, you know, hit the transfer portal if you want. If you're not willing to work this hard, get on that portal. You, you, if nobody you're not willing to do this. I'm he, bringing in my son. He's going to play quarterback. He literally, you know, like, well, hold on. His son's fucking terrible. He definitely shouldn't play quarterback. But at least his, <laughs> at least his son that played at Marcus High School, he was fucking real bad. Anyway, um, uh, but like he straight up told everybody, nobody's guaranteed a job here. Like, yeah, everybody's position is up for grabs. I'm like, that's that's exactly what a new coach but, but has to I, fucking I, say. I, and and I, I think we're talking about this as though he's coming into a program that went nine and seven, three consecutive yeah, years. No, fan base. no they no. are fucking awful. He straight up and, told them there are teams still playing right now. Y'all are yeah. in here in this conference room with me. I'm like, for a reason. Yeah. UNT, so, so, for, for, for people who don't know, the University of North Texas is playing in a fucking bowl game and they haven't had a coach in three weeks. They're playing they in a bowl no game. Facilities. Oh. They have no facilities. Well, they have a stadium that's powered by solar and it's LEED certified, which good fucking luck yeah. trying to get LEED that's silver certified. <laughs> On a stadium. <laughs> On a stadium. Um, <laughs> so, Wild, <laughs> I, I, no, but I was—I was actually—I'm of the same opinion, Brian. Like, 
you're you're in there you're making money right you're getting a scholarship you have to put the work in if you don't put the work in you get your ass beat they happen to get their ass beat more consistently (laughs) like a fucking coach stepchild new new coach (laughs) new coach showed up and said i don't want to get my ass beat this hard this is what's going to (laughs) happen and i i think you know there is now okay here's where i'll go with there is a thing such as locker room talk and what he did there was a locker room speech and And now he recorded it because a he he, that's his style very well it's his style but he also knows very well he will be held accountable to that speech and he's okay with that and he's okay with it and i think that's the part that people are missing is like yes dion knows what he's doing if he doesn't perform this thing gets rubbed in his face the rest of his life yep and he's he he's had to face it before because so I mean, he was fucking prime time and at jackson state no 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 i mean he was prime time in the nfl and oh yeah true yeah he ran there were some and, seasons and in baseball. there were some yeah. seasons that he fucking did not perform to prime time which is why he's a yeah. fucking analyst like for several years and then became a coach which again dude listen I did not like Deion Sanders when he played any sport. I thought he was a terrible baseball player. Like I really, really did. As a child, I was like, "This dude's." He was just there. He was just there to steal bases. Exactly. As as a child, I was like, "This motherfucker can't play defense or offense. Like he can't." But he can steal bases, which is awesome. And a helicopter picked him up in the fucking outfield and took him to play football on the same day. That's tight. Like that is a fucking baller ass move. That's pretty cool. But like, he also knew when to hang him up. He didn't fucking go out on a stretcher. He didn't go out like as a complete fucking like uh, 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 an anchor to his team. You know what? What happened? Why are you looking at me like that, Frank? What's happening? Why are you not saying anything? Oh, God, did I lose Frank? Oh, no. What happened? Where you at? Oh, come back, Frank. I'm talking to you. Oh, where you at? Oh, Frank has left the meeting. Oh, no. Okay, you were looking at me weird. I thought you were fucking, you were criticizing what I was saying about Neon Dion going out on No, no. Okay. I think, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does because I I, I would like to imagine that folks that are at that level of football want that challenge. Absolutely. And, Here's the, and I, I think I think I think if Nick Saban gave that speech, oh, you'd be saying it's a sheer stroke of genius. Yes, because you because know? it's it's not what what he's doing there is he's essentially trying to relight that spirit for those folks who came to that program to change it and, and saying that's including alumni and fucking donors. If which if is you want to do it, I'm here to do it. Yep. But if you don't want to do it, there's the transfer portal. Go get your ass on it. Here's the I'll go here's, find some players. And that's 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 what I think people need to understand. Is like he's he's walking in to you know the equivalent of a 7-Eleven that's about to turn the last fucking light off in the, oh, in yeah. the back. Yeah, they're they're fucking their <laughs> copper has been stolen from all of their electrical equipment. <laughs> yeah. And he, everybody's talking like he's walking into LSU trying to teach some kids. It's like, no, bro, this is not yeah, Colorado. And Kansas are barely hanging on to power five status. You know, like these are two teams. And while you qualify to get a scholarship there, you're probably better off going to play for North Dakota state. If you want to go to the league. Oh yeah. I mean, at least, 
fucking North Dakota State plays in the goddamn championship every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, when it comes to like his criticism that he's received, do you do you know who Emmanuel Acho is? I do. Okay, so fantastic follow on Twitter and TikTok to specifically on this topic as well as other fucking race had his had his unfortunately had his career cut short but he was a great linebacker but you know what like i think he has done way more for this country as a fucking analyst in uh in sports than he ever did playing football uh which is sad but also like he says some good shit one of the things that he broke down was the criticism that dion has received and like from the community in which he's received. Like people are pissed that, that Dion made that speech. People are more pissed that Dion is leaving a historically black college as a head coach. And like Emmanuel Acho put it perfect. He's like, listen, I'm all for supporting uh, faces of color in, in spaces that are not normally occupied by people of color. And he's like, that's what I'm more for. And like, while he did a lot of great things at Jackson state and uh, hopefully that legacy continues on at Jackson state uh, it's, you know, as a, as a person of color in a leadership role, it's just as, if not more so important that Dion takes on this, this challenge at a PAC 12 college school that does not have like black representation in leadership. But also, also I, I think what's, what's even more important is like, Dion's life isn't controlled by Dion's skin. Right. You know, it's a challenge that he's fucking stepping up to every single time. Stop, stop. Like, yes, we need to fight racism and we need to fight racial, racial, you know, um, um, what do we call opportunities, right? Uh, Like equal opportunities for various races, et cetera. That's all very important. But, you cannot then, once someone reaches, you know, some social bound, start, I guess, holding them accountable for making a decision that you've been fighting for them to be able to make. Right. You know, like it's 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 so counterintuitive. That 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 whole argument made no sense to me. It was similar to the folks who decided that, you know, Kanye being anti-Semitic was totally okay because they didn't understand how much Jews helped black people during the yeah, civil rights movement. Yeah, like, no, that ain't it. Bro, you're just ignorant. Like, yeah. I, I can't help you here. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're fucking whatabouting the wrong fucking thing here. And, and, and you're, you're pretending as though, um, I, I don't know. It's in some capacity. It's like, Oh, oh, that cute little Holocaust. Yeah, what about slavery? It's like what? Yeah, no, they they can both exist in the same fucked up timeline. And they can both be insanely horrible and not stuff that we make jokes about. Or compare against one another as worse than, better than. Neither one were great. Um, Yeah, I was I was very disgusted by some very prominent black leaders who took positions that I was like. Man, I don't really think you understand what you're saying here. Here's like the it, here's the beauty of the internet. Like whereas like those leaders might have been taken like as like gospel for lack of a better term in the past. Like there are people like Emmanuel Acho and other mm-hmm. prominent prominent people on the internet who are speaking out and speaking the truth of a lot of people who have never had access to um the media but who mm-hmm. share those opinions and it's great. 
Like that is, it is. That, I feel like that is what the internet was built for. Yeah, and I, it should be. I, I think like, that's that's the that's very very um, you know, it, it's very transparent. Yeah. Right. Like you you get to very quickly see who a person really is when something like that comes up, because you know to to, to the extent that you know certain leaders and i'm not going to call people out by name but you can go find out there's a lot of you know kind of interesting folks out there in in um certain people who are very close to the blm movement which is very odd uh who they're kind of younger prominent black voices that are you know i wouldn't say they're on kanye's side but they're definitely not for holding Kanye accountable. I'm going to say they're tone deaf for a fuck to whitewash a term. Let's call it that. Let's call it that. Um, But you know what? Like that, that goes to like calling people out like that is the same is like, is the counter to the, like the other side of the coin that is getting mad at white people who are slowly understanding that fucking there is a racial disparity in this country when it comes to how black and white people are treated and how black and brown people are treated, how white black and brown people are treated by the police and other forms of authority in this nation. Like you can't get upset when a white person just now figures out that like, Oh shit, this is wrong. You can't get upset with them. However, the counter to that is you can hold people accountable for their prominence and their uh, their view, like their their uh, the value of their views in society, when their views are fucking wrong, like yeah, and and, and I, I give people a pass or two, right? Like unless it comes to Holocaust denial, in which case you get zero fucking passes. Yeah, it's not the Holocaust denial bit, yeah. So much as the like, yeah, I get, I, I know what you're. I'm but, I'm just calling yeah, out like, where their lines are. It was it was it was the the amount of folks who would go to the mat for the argument and it's like the hill that they'll die on yeah you just got an entire list of shit to go read how about you shut up for a minute go read it and then figure out if your opinion's still valid you don't have to die on this hill like literally taking bullets in the back because it's just pertinently a incorrect opinion yeah cancel culture cancel culture is not a movement so much as it's a fucking accountability to what you're fucking saying and what your beliefs are you have every fucking opportunity i think the thing that's that's like that's so prominent about this is the number of these folks that were so instantaneously canceling yeah yeah you know and now they're having to face the fact that they might be wrong about something and they're unwilling they just they just bend what they've been saying a little bit it's like well i didn't say jews don't support us i just said the prominent <laughs> jews didn't support us and yeah, then they're like well, nah. here's that rabbi here's that rabbi here's this rabbi this person actually led the entire apac yeah. and they're like oh <laughs> and then they'll just be like yeah but i mean what about if it's just what about four, college dropout college dropout was great <laughs> four prominent jews supporting Fucking us I was like, oh man come on now I, um, I mean, here's yeah. the and then someone actually brought up what finally made this one person shut up was someone brought up the fact that there was a large contingent of Jews, um, uh, Hasidic Jews in the South yeah. that started registering black, black voters. voters. That That's how fucking Jim Crow laws came to end was thanks to and, Jewish people from the North coming to the South. The, the person never responded. So 
it's, I don't, I don't know, you know, like we're all imperfect and I give people the opportunity, but you, you can, you can be imperfect and then learn, or you can be imperfect and be a dick. And, and if you're, if you're Emmanuel Acho, he's imperfect and he's willing to learn. And then some of these other prominent leaders, they're imperfect and they're assholes about it. And quite frankly, it's no different than Tucker Carlson at that point. And it just mm-hmm. frustrates the shit out of me. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, this Kanye thing, the Kyrie thing brought a lot of those people to light and they have promptly been blocked as just a waste of anybody's time, in my opinion. Um, um, as are you okay? Just, just grifters grifting is what they are. Grifters be grifting. Um, are yeah. you okay if I play the outro music, Frank? No, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so I just want to say this as my final wrap up to this. Um, the same people who are Elon diehard stands and like uh, crypto bros, anybody yeah, who is anybody who is like anti-popular opinion for the sake of being anti-popular opinion. I hope you enjoy telling your coworkers how Die Hard is a Christmas movie because you're all the same fucks. That is a hill that you can die on alone. Eat a fucking bullet. I don't give a shit. Okay. For Brian here in North Texas, be sure to follow us on our fucking social media pages, you dickheads. And uh, look forward to us posting a, another wonderful podcast within the next week or six. Who knows? Uh, for Brian here in North Texas, I'm out. Uh, for Frank in far, 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 far South Dallas, um, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, definitely to Brian's point, just stop stop giving those people airtime like they're no different than the punk rock folks that you met in the hallway during high school that were like nauseatingly annoying contrarian assholes that's same people yep and being contrarian is a skill these people don't have it right so holding it holding a different opinion and making an argument for it is a skill holding a different opinion and not being able to you know pivot around the discussion and realize when you're wrong makes you an asshole so you know it's the subtlety of how that discussion goes and unfortunately a lot of people failed that you know entire i don't know what do you call it paradigm test over (laughs) over this anti-semitic you know shit that kyrie irving and, and connie west did which is unfortunate but in any case i'm out beer